We're going to continue our uh, podcast series, What is Reformed Theology? As we answer another question tonight in regards to what is Reformed Theology. Um, the question that we're going to address tonight is, are we robots? If God has elected and predestined all things, are we robots? Do we have choices? Do we make choices? Um, and the answer to that is, no, we're not robots, and yes, we make choices. Uh, let's talk about that really quickly as we um, unpack this. You know, the Bible tells us that we are born um, with a sinful nature. We have the original sin. Every human being is by nature deserving of wrath. And uh, the Bible tells us that we are unable to do anything pleasing to God in the flesh, that we're unable to, and that, um, that we cannot submit to the law. We're unable to do that, and that we can do nothing pleasing to God in our unregenerated soul. That's Romans 8. We're also told that in our minds we're hostile to God, that we are uh, enemies of God, that we are at war with God. We, we, we do not want anything to do with God. The Bible says we hate the light. We don't come to the light. This is the state of who we are in our unregenerated soul. We can, no one seeks God. No one understands God. That's the state of our fallenness. That's the state of our um, sin nature and our total depravity. And in our total depravity, we can do nothing pleasing to God. And like I just mentioned, it actually goes farther than that. It says that we are enemies of God and hostile in our minds towards God. Second Timothy 2, 26, that we are enslaved to the devil and to do his desires. Romans 6 will tell us that we are slaves of sin. This is our state before Christ. So how does that go along with free will? Well, because we do have free will. The Reformed theology uh, aspect of this uh, does not uh, say that we do not have free will. I know that's a common misconception and a common um, just that's something that gets t uh, told and believed that's just simply not true. We believe that you have free will. However, we must distinguish that, yes, we do have free will, but it is not neutral. Like I just mentioned in all those prior verses, is that, yes, we choose the things we want to choose. We choose what is the strongest inclination of our hearts and our minds. But in our unregenerated state, we never will choose the things of God. The Bible says we're unable to. And to say that we can, in our unregenerated soul, do something that's pleasing to God and, and, and choose the things of God is to say that Scripture is in error. We, we don't go against Scripture. The Bible is clear that we are unable to do anything pleasing to God in the flesh. Well, is repentance pleasing? Yes. Is faith pleasing? Yes. All those things are pleasing. However, in our unregenerated state, we cannot choose the things of God. So yes, we have free will. We choose what we want, our strongest inclination of our heart and our mind. But that strongest inclination is not towards God. Never has been or never will be in our fallen nature. So yes, you have free will, but it is not neutral. It's enslaved to sin. And left to that free will on your own, then no human being on this planet would ever choose God or come to faith in God. So how does one that is unregenerated, how does one that is hostile in mind and hating towards God and enmity in your mind towards God, how does that soul then come to love God? How does that soul 
see the truth of the gospel. How does that soul do that? Well, because God does the work first. You see, salvation is from God. It's from God, it's through God, and it's to God. That God comes to those whom He has chosen and He regenerates their soul before they can profess faith in Him or believe. He has to change the unregenerated soul to a regenerated soul. He indwells you with the Spirit. He changes your disposition. He changes the inclination of your soul and of your mind. And that is only done by the supernatural work of the Holy Spirit. The thing that is impossible for the flesh to do only can be done by God. And only when He comes and changes your soul and changes the disposition of your will and mind can then we see the truth of the gospel. That is what repentance is. That word is metanoia, a change in mind. And like we've just labored, that the mind is hostile to God, unable to please God, will never come to God in the unregenerated state. But God does His work. He indwells you with the Spirit. He regenerates your soul and changes your mind. That's why He tells us to renew our mind daily because He's changed it. He made it new. And now, and only when He regenerates our soul and changes our mind, and changes our will, and changes our being. Can we then see the truth of the gospel? And now the mind that was hostile and unable to please God, because of His work, because of His mercy, we now can see the truth of the gospel, see the need for a Savior, and go running to Christ. But that is impossible unless Christ regenerates our soul and changes us first. You see, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25 says that if perhaps God may grant them repentance, repentance is a change of mind. That is because God has granted that. He has brought this change in your soul and in your mind and in your will. And now you love God. You see the need for God. You see the light of the gospel. You see that you're in error. And that's only done because of God. We don't come kicking and screaming against our wills to God. It's not like we say, oh, we don't want this and you're forcing us. No, 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 He changes our soul. He shows us and He shines the light of His gospel in our hearts. He changes us. And now we run because we know this is the only hope we have. The Bible says that He gives us the faith to believe. So He regenerates our soul. And then He gives us the faith to believe. He grants us repentance. Philippians 1.29 says He gives us the faith to believe. And then we do, there are actions that are involved. We do profess Him. We do confess with our mouth that He is Lord. And that can only be done, as 1 Corinthians tells us, only by the Spirit. And then we believe in our souls, in our hearts, that He has been raised from the dead. Unregenerated soul cannot do that. Only a regenerated one can. We say that, well, there's nowhere in the Bible that says regeneration precedes faith. Absolutely, it does. Romans 10, 9 says, if you believe in your heart, then you'll be saved. No unregenerated soul can do that. It has to be regenerated first. He gives you the faith to believe. He opens your eyes to the gospel, and now you want to. It is before Christ, the inclination of your soul is hostile and against God, but now, because of His mercy, you're heart and your inclination is to choose God, 
to want this God, to know He's your only hope of salvation. But it is God who does the work. And without Him showing mercy on you or me, we would be hopeless and have no eternal life. So yes, we make choices. But before Christ, those choices are against God. And then He changes us, saves us, brings the light of His gospel to our eyes, and we run to Christ because He's changed us, our hearts, our souls, and our minds. That is a straight act of mercy and a sovereign act of mercy at that. But then what about choices afterwards? Do we still have choices after salvation? Yes. Before salvation, there's nothing in us that would ever want to choose the things of God and to do the things of God. But now, that is where the seeking begins. We don't seek Christ on our own before regeneration, but now the seeking begins. Now our heart has been changed. Now we want the things of God. Before salvation, we would never do anything pleasing to God, and now we want to do things that are pleasing to God. But we will still choose sometimes the things that are not godly. That is why Paul says to us in Romans chapter 6, he says, Do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies. He says, do not offer your members of your bodies as instruments of unrighteousness, but offer them to God as members of righteousness. What Paul is saying is that when we wake up of the morning, we will have a choice. Do we offer our bodies, our minds, our soul, our hands, our feet, do we offer that to the things of God or do we not? You see, because there's a freedom of the will to choose. Before Christ, it's a bondage of the will because we're enslaved to sin. But now, those who are believers in Christ because of His mercy... We still choose. And when we sin in life, it's because at that time, at that moment, the strongest inclination of our soul and our mind was to sin. That is why Paul says, do not let it rain in your body. Do not let sin rain in your body. How do we do this? Don't present your bodies as members of unrighteousness. He's saying, listen, when you get up, choose to do the things of God. Because when you have a bad option in front of you and another bad option in front of you, your mind, your will, your inclination will sometimes choose those sins. Yes, we still choose. There's never been a decision we've ever made in life that we have not chosen, that we've wanted the most at that time. I've heard some examples in the past, and some of these are, you know, well, some will say, well, yes, that's not true. I've made decisions and I've done things I didn't want to do. But that's not true. You'll say, well, I didn't want to go to work today. All things considered, what happens if you don't go to work? Maybe the boss will fire you. Maybe you're afraid you don't have any time off and you can't afford to. You see, there are a lot of factors that go in. And at that moment, when it came time to choose, do you want to go to work or do you not? When you lay out all the consequences and all the choices, you went to work because that was the strongest inclination of your mind at that time. Some will say, well, I didn't want to go to church, but I was drugged. My spouse made me go. See, I didn't want to go. However, what's the opposite of not going? What's the alternative? That to you at that moment, it would be better to not hear him or her complain or to start an argument. So to you, at the strongest inclination, at that moment, the best option was to go. You see, we always choose the things that we want. And after God saves us, we still choose the things that are in our mind and are, and are in front of us at the time. That's why Paul says, offer your bodies as members to God. Choose to do the things that are holy and pleasing to God. And we now have a soul that's been changed to, to want to do the things pleasing to God. But before salvation, 
we have no ability to do those things that are pleasing to God. And only by His mercy can we then believe because He's given us the faith to believe and changed our whole being. So yes, we choose. Yes, we have free will. And no, we're not robots. I'm thankful for God's mercy because without it, I would be hopeless and have never come to Him on my own. The gospel is beautiful. His mercy is beautiful. And let us as Christians every day offer our bodies, members of our bodies, as members of righteousness so we can please God and do the things and choose the things that please Him. Because if you love Him, it says you'll keep His commands. This is the question. Are we robots? The answer is no. From Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To God be the glory forever. Amen.